license is something to ponder uh. Your talent ain't something to squander uh. Blessed and favored so highly Anointed, appointed, I might be This is that, all that podcast featuring Kyrie Welcome back to another episode of the All That Podcast today I have one of my longtime friends here with me, um, Leslie. Say hey to the people. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we are going to talk about um, being a first-time mom and kind of dealing with postpartum depression. It's a topic that really isn't um, that talked about, in my opinion. Like, if you think about, you know, there's a major conversation over um, mental health, but I feel like this aspect of it is largely not discussed as some of the other um, sectors of mental health is. And I was, like I said, in research for this podcast, I was listening to this TED talk and, um, and a lady that was speaking said the number one cause for uh, new mom's death is suicide. Dang, no way. I did not know that. Me either. <laughs> um, and I was like, what? I, I would have thought it would be like, you know, death from, you know, pregnancy complications. Yeah, or birth or something. Or, yeah. you know. But no, she was like, the number one cause of death for moms is suicide. So, you know, through conversations we've had um, privately, I was I thought you would be a great person to have on it, to talk about this topic. Um and you're, you have no problem being transparent at all. So <laughs> <laughs> that's good, too. Um, so obviously, you know, we don't want to paint um, having a child as completely <laughs> horrible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because she does love her son. Um, if you follow her on Instagram, which we'll put her handle at some point um, during the show, um, you'll see that, you know, most of her content or most of her page is dedicated to her son. So she does love her son. So we're not here <laughs> to talk about, you know, not scaring anybody away from having kids or any of that. So and speaking of that joy that your son has brought you, um, before we get to the depression and, and you know, the, the tribulations that come with being a first-time mom, mm-hmm. let's get into um, your feelings when you first got pregnant. Were they, were you all because you're married and it's not like you know it was a situation to where you're like oh man like i'm by myself i don't know this guy's gonna stay that kind of situation that some women have so you're in a pretty good situation to be having a child right so when you when you first learned that you were pregnant uh and you you want kids by the way a lot of them so yeah um (laughs) so when you first learned you were pregnant what was your what was your feelings okay so tmi but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was on birth control maybe for like two months or something Mm -hmm. before um, I got married. And then um, I guess I was only married like a month or two and I got off birth control because I just didn't want to be on it. Um, And I got off of it in November and I didn't get pregnant till March. So that's a whole different situation. But it Mm -hmm. took a while. (laughs) And I wasn't actively trying, but I wasn't preventing it either. So um, I feel like along with the postpartum not being talked about Mm -hmm. i feel like society also scares you into thinking you can't have kids and because you hear so many stories and people just put so much pressure on you from the moment that you're married or Mm -hmm. even while you're engaged i got questions of 
you know, like when are the kids coming? And even now, my son is eight months old, and I get questions about when, when the, the second one, one yeah. is coming. I'm like, y'all chill, right? <laughs> um, but I was, I honestly was kind of scared that I like wouldn't be able to have kids. So then, mm-hmm. my first thought when I was pregnant, when I found out I was pregnant, was okay, wait, it works. So I was just kidding. <laughs> literally, my first thought. Um, yeah. I was also, it was like a mixture of feelings. Like mm-hmm. I just remember. Um, I felt really weird and finding out, like taking a, deciding to take a test and seeing that second line pop up, mm-hmm. I screamed. I literally from the other room was like, Tito, like yeah. at the top <laughs> of my lungs. And he ran in the room thinking something was wrong. And um, so the first thing I feel like I was really scared. And then I was excited, but then also with the fear I feel that like mm-hmm. society puts in you, I was scared. As soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was scared to lose the baby. Right. which is crazy um instead of feeling like excited and happy and like hopeful i was just more scared to get through like that first trimester to make mm-hmm. sure nothing would happen so after that first trimester um and you kind of moving along in your pregnancy what what were your feelings then was it more happiness like more excitement now that you kind of i mean off obviously there's still a risk but you still you know I me mean? you kind of got past well no yeah no okay <laughs> <Because> <laughs> i was throwing up so much mm-hmm. i was so sick and yeah um again it's not i feel like society doesn't prepare you for crap like you just mm-hmm. get hit in the face with the new situation and like you're not prepared at all so i didn't realize how sick i would be like everyone talks about this morning sickness it's not morning sickness mm-hmm. it's freaking all day sickness yeah. you know i know some people have it at night some people only have it at certain times i had it all day on and off mm-hmm. for the second trimester so then i was a lot more excited because i wasn't scared like you said that risk kind of you know minimizes mm-hmm. um but then i felt like crap the whole time so then i was like like i remember <laughs> being on the bathroom floor hugging the toilet throwing up getting up tito would always run into the bathroom when i threw up and i would just cry and tell him i don't want to do this and then it felt terrible because you're excited about your kid but then right. you feel like crap that i would literally say i don't want to do this and then i cry more because i didn't mean it it's just you feel so bad you know like guys sick. i know i started <laughs> off this podcast by saying we're not trying to scare you away from <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> having kids but you know we <laughs> we're just painting no, a, a yes. different side that's not we're we're um <laughs> illuminating a different side of this that's not talked about so just yes <laughs> i promise i would do it again over and over right even after going to this because even now like you don't remember that yeah like people talk about it all the time You'd, i don't really remember the feeling of the pain of labor i don't really remember I just remember throwing up so much, but other than that, I don't remember the pains that came with it. Right. So you have (laughs) the baby. What's the first 24 hours like after? Um, so I, I don't know if people's experiences were like this, but I thought it was pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, they handed me Milo and I have a super playful personality, you Mm -hmm. know, that, um, I'm silly. So as soon as they put Milo on me, I was like, okay, so what do I do now? (laughs) And so the doctor laughed and, you know, he was like, oh, let me get the instructions. But, you know, joking. Um, And so it was really, I feel like I was just in awe that I had, like I was able to do it and Mm -hmm. I was able to birth out a child. But then also in awe that there was like, that he was like living inside of me. Because you feel the kicks, you feel the movement, but 
it and you know that there's mm-hmm. a baby in there but it's not well, as real as them. like seeing them yeah. their little arms and like little things like that so um i feel like i was in awe and um kind of just like i don't know a little foggy mm-hmm. because you i was in labor for a few days which i'm not trying to scare anyone again but <laughs> <laughs> it was this is the doomsday <laughs> pregnancy uh, right? podcast no, <laughs> it's just um I think that tends to happen with your first baby. It, mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a little longer for you to, you know, um, be able to finish that birthing process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I just feel like it was a little foggy, and I was really happy is what I remember feeling. Right. So I can imagine um, you take the baby home. Mm-hmm. When, you t- when you take the baby home, you enter your house what is running through your mind? Okay, so first, we le- normally, from what I've heard, with the natural birth, mm-hmm. a vaginal birth, you stay in the hospital for two days. Mm-hmm. I think C-sections, it's like five days or more. But because of COVID, the doctor recommended us going home that very first day. After I was cleared, after my, um, they made sure I wasn't like bleeding out or dying or anything mm-hmm. like that, um, they told me that I, sh- they recommended me going home. They were like, you get two nights, but we think you should go home because of COVID. So I go home and I'm like, okay, literally, what do I do now? Because there's <laughs> Before not Before it was a joke, but now you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and the nurse is not coming in right. to check to make sure you fed the baby because you're mm-hmm. supposed to feed it every 20, uh, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Tito is a very heavy sleeper. So he was like snoring in the hospital, not waking up. So I'm <laughs> like, how am I going to do this, right? So I walk into my house and... Um, I guess that's when you kind of start panicking a little, like you're super excited to be home with your family, you know, like Mm -hmm. your husband, your family, your, your safe space. But at the same time, like now it's all your responsibility. So, um, there was a lot of questions that came up because the doctor said that he had to poop before we left the hospital, but they let us leave anyways. And so he didn't do that. And so the first day, I just remember having so many questions and Google was my best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, because so many people, the doctors would tell you like, oh, this is what has to happen. But other people, other research would say like, no, this is not exactly how it needs to be done, you know? So just to give you an example, I remember um, I didn't know if I was doing anything wrong, like causing the reason why he wasn't like going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. He was having a lot of pee diapers, which is good. But he wasn't using the bathroom or anything like that. Right. So then I was kind of like um, freaking out. I didn't know if it was me, if it was my milk. if And so I wanted to give him like a little bit of formula to make sure he would he was eating enough. Mm-hmm. But then I didn't know how much formula. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if he was going to throw up, if he was going to die, if I mixed formula and breast milk. Like these are literal things that nobody teaches mm-hmm. you. So it was a lot of Googling, a lot of like going back and forth, like me trying to figure it out with Tito, probably me getting really upset for no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's because you don't know, like, you know, knowing you (laughs) (laughs) initially, did you um, kind of purposely not go to your mom or your grandmother with questions just because you're like, I'm going to do this myself or what? Or did you ask? So yes and no. Okay. I feel I like knew I, it. I yeah. Like that. <laughs> I'm a very I'm super prideful. So yeah. I'm very like I'll figure it out and not even pride just you don't want to inconvenience people. And right. even now that Milo is 8 months old, I'm still like that. It's hard for mm-hmm. me to ask someone to watch him when I have to go somewhere or get something done cuz I just don't want to inconvenience people. Um but at the same time 
My mom, I'm 27. My brother's like 24, I think, or 25, 24. I think, I don't remember. <laughs> but she hasn't, that's how long it's been since she's had kids. So when I've asked before, um, her response has been, I don't remember. So then yeah. I don't ask her because I'm like, well, you're not going to help me. <laughs> and so <laughs> I yeah. just remember, I, I promise, it was Googling. And um, there's a lot of COVID babies right now. So a lot mm -hmm. of my friends had babies. So I would just try to find someone who was awake to ask a specific question, you know, or Instagram was always helpful. When did your paranoia kick in? Did it kick in um, immediately? And what I mean by paranoia is, like, did I remember the strap the car seat on, right? Or, like, you're fearful, like, you know, if you turn for a minute that something, somebody might snatch him. Or, you know, when did that set in? So, um, I think uh, Latin culture, a mm -hmm. lot of cultures, but I can only talk about the Spanish culture. Mm -hmm. um, they teach you that you're not allowed to leave for, like, the first 40 days postpartum. You can't leave your house. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think... That was very helpful because not only did my body have to physically heal, but mentally you're like drained, you know? So I remember it took a while because I was home all day. So him sleeping, him being in my house, like didn't scare me because my mom, Tito, and myself were always around. Mm -hmm. um, it set in when we had to leave for the first time. Right. So when <laughs> I, I don't remember the, I think the first time I left was when I went to go get my nails done. Mm -hmm. um, and... I remember being scared because I wasn't the one taking care of him. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember. I think Tito stayed with him, and mm -hmm. I was texting him, like, every 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> hi, is he okay? And he's like, yes, he's still asleep. Yes, he's still asleep. I'm right. like, okay, just making sure. Um, and then the second time I vividly remember where we were at TJ Maxx, and Tito grabbed the stroller, and he walked away. And I couldn't focus on what I wanted to buy, on what I wanted to do, because I kept thinking that Tito was going to lose him. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, he's going to take his seat, his hand off the stroller. Someone's going to grab him. Um, or what if he forgets that he had a baby and he walks right. away and he leaves him in an aisle? Like, I just kept thinking the worst things. And so I remember the feeling in your chest of, like, um, that pressure, the heaviness in your chest and, like, my throat. I couldn't breathe. And I was like... Okay, like, and so instead, I just went to go find him. I grabbed him, and I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to keep him. And then every time we went to the store after that for the next couple of months, like, I was like, I got him. Like, I'm going to hold him. I'm going to keep him, and I don't mm -hmm. take my hand off the stroller. I'm, I've am i chilled out a little bit, but I'm still – everyone still has to have a hand on the stroller if they're mm -hmm. watching Milo. Like, you can't just turn around and not pay attention. So Right. <laughs> <laughs> when, I were, when I was listening to um, some TED Talks on this postpartum depression topic – um. Now, these ladies that I listened to had some very dark thoughts, like very suicidal. It was like suicidal. One lady was talking. She was like, and this is her third child um, that she had. And she was just sitting there and she was like, I should just set the house on fire. And like she dark, dark thoughts. Right. Um, but one um, thing that one of the ladies was saying was that it's a very um, hard judge on yourself as a mom when you're going through this. And uh, she was like, looking at her kids one day, and she was like, they might be better off without me. So not that you ever, or I don't know if you have or not, had that deep of a thought, but do you find yourself judging yourself harshly? Um. Yeah, so I've mm -hmm. 
never had a thought like that, but mm-hmm. um, I think that, I don't know, I feel like it's natural to judge yourself. I don't know if other people just do this in life, period, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's 10 times worse when you're a mom because you are responsible for raising this child who eventually becomes an adult and participates in society. Right. And I don't know if you've ever been somewhere and you greet people and you, you know, you introduce yourself and people automatically um, are like, oh, you were raised right. Or mm-hmm. this is a reflection of the your mom and dad. Thing. Yeah, yeah, someone just said that to me the other day. They were like, mm-hmm. we really like you and <laughs> it's a reflection of your mom. And so I feel like there's a lot of pressure in how you're going to raise your kids and with social media like there's so many different ways of parenting Mm -hmm. and so i feel like if you get caught up in the comparison of like oh well i don't have a schedule for my child because you know me i'm not i mean i wasn't on time today so (laughs) she sure wasn't guys (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a scheduled person but then i have Mm -hmm. other friend moms who are very scheduled and they time the feedings and they know at two o'clock he naps and he i don't do that i go with the Mm -hmm. flow milo goes with the flow that's just how we roll so you don't ever find yourself um being in competition not even if you if you know you're just doing it consciously like you know what i mean like i'm competing with this person but do you ever find yourself looking at one of your friends or somebody because i know you follow like a lot of blogs and stuff on instagram um like looking at them and and being like all right like you think you the shit i got got something for you (laughs) sometimes i do get Mm -hmm. i do roll my eyes when i see certain people post like (laughs) the how they run their day and their schedule and their play time and i'm like oh god here we go again but (laughs) i think my personality i'm just so chill i'm just kind of like i feel like you have to accept moms and their parenting and each parent as they parent you know right um so yeah, I, I do understand the comparison and the the guilt, I guess, mm-hmm. what you were talking about. Um, I do I do feel that sometimes, like, especially now that he starts he's starting to eat food, like, I don't, I forget to eat. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I feed him his milk and I, I do the bottles because if not, like, your baby is crying. Mm-hmm. But I don't always remember to do the actual meals that you Mm-hmm. through the day like the chicken and the veggies and i don't i sometimes he goes the whole day and all he's had is milk right which is fine but then i'll feel bad because i'm like crap i'm a terrible mom like i need to get my crap together if mm-hmm. i don't even feed myself meals how am i gonna feed my child so i i feel like you do naturally go through that as you're like raising your child but it just it's a spectrum of like burning the house down and like oh well i'll try again tomorrow right you know as a married woman and a mother um, which is like two of the job titles that um, doesn't require you to be selfless. I guess it does. I guess it, it does. It requires you to be very selfless and certain things are expected of women in those roles. So what do you do for self-care? Um, my nails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I one of those mom guilt is that i spend a lot of time scrolling on social media mm-hmm. but i've seen a few posts that say that it's okay because that's my time to like disconnect from the pressure of mom and the title of wife and mom and constantly giving because i feel like that's all i do all day is just mm-hmm. you give of yourself all day like literally like you said it's very selfless that you have to be right um so i spend a lot of time scrolling on instagram <laughs> which is not the best um I try to read. Um, I try to just take time for myself. So honestly, it's as selfish as 
Tito walks in through the door at like 7.30 or whatever time he gets home and I literally hand Milo off. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I need a break. <laughs> I need some time. And I feel like that is necessary because I used to not do that. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like the anxiety or the sadness and the baby blues that they talk about were getting worse because I'm home all day and I'm just watching this kid. I'm, I'm, he has like, my body is feeding him. My mind is like all over him. You're you know, exhausted. like that, yeah, that's all mm -hmm. that I'm thinking about. So I used to feel guilty for like, no, Tito's been working all day, but now I'm like, okay, no, like we're a team and mm -hmm. you parent too. And I was working all day. Like, even though I was home, I was still working, you mm -hmm. know? And so, um, I think that's the biggest thing. I just hand Milo off. <laughs> I'm like, here you go. I need a second, whether it's to go shower or just get myself together. Those are the ways that I like try to take care of myself. <laughs> Speaking of working, um, one of the things we have in common and that we bond over is our ambitions. So a lot of women, speaking of sacrifice and being selfless again, um, feel, you know, they have to put their goals and dreams on the back burner when they get married and especially when they have kids. So how do you deal with that? The balance or have you found your balance yet? Um, no, actually, mm -hmm. that's something that um, I was talking to Tito about. I was even talking to you about like trying to figure out what mm -hmm. it is that I want to do now that I've kind of settled into. I've gone past the like postpartum stage. I mean, I feel like I've heard it goes up to two years where you your body's getting back to normal and you're adjusting, you're mm -hmm. becoming a new person. But I've gotten past the like crazy hectic days. Something yeah. new comes up all the time, but you know, I know I'm a mom now. Mm -hmm. It's not new to me. Like I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. And so um that is something that I'm trying to currently figure out is what I want to do because I don't feel the need to have a career in corporate like I used to. Mm -hmm. So that used to be something that I love to start in a company and I love to work my way up, um, take initiative, finish whatever projects were in front of me. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that anymore. And I mean, I've always felt more towards running my own business, being an op entrepreneur, like things like that. So now I'm just trying to figure out how to work that and have a child at the same time, you know, and um, I think I was telling you on the phone about um, the book that I was reading where um, the author was saying that it's a lot harder for women who've had their careers established and have had their, I guess, like our later 20s and 30s and older having kids mm -hmm. because they've already have their identity and they already have their careers. And so they know how their life is and throwing a kid into that um, just makes everything a little crazy versus people who have kids when they're 16 or when they're younger mm -hmm. they don't really have an identity so much yet and so it's easier for them to transition into motherhood right so i feel like um i'm just trying to figure it out i i do want to do something outside of my home because mm -hmm. it's i'm not the just sit at home all day type of person um but i just haven't figured out what that is yet right so <laughs> Like you said, you were a whole woman before you had a child. <laughs> yeah. You know, you had your life and you had certain things you wanted to do. Um, I just thought about this question. What do you think about, so you see like celebrities or influencers or whatever um, making this point of, yes, I have kids, but I'm still doing X, Y, Z. Like, um, 
of course, I'm going to use this person, but you see Beyonce. <laughs> and she's like, you know, has three kids, but she's still doing like all these big projects. Now, with that said, do you think that it's kind of um, a false advertisement in a way because she's like has billions of dollars, she has nannies, <laughs> she has all this? Or do you think or do you appreciate um, these women in, the, in these positions uh, kind of showing um other women how to still have this self-identity that's the word <laughs> um even though they're a wife and a mother so i think it's a little bit of both mm -hmm. i think it is a little misleading because of the money and the nannies and right. all the help mm -hmm. um i do appreciate the drive and the ambition mm -hmm. even though you're a mother like your life doesn't have to stop um, but I think it depends on who you want to be as a mother or how you want to parent. And so I'm very hands-on, very, I want to be involved. I want to make sure that I'm teaching my kid mm -hmm. what I think is right and what I, the way our family values are. And so, um, I fought, I actually follow this blogger who I, from what you can tell, she still works. She still runs her blog. She still does everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but recently you started seeing a nanny come around or just be around more mm -hmm. like in stories. And then I noticed that she sometimes doesn't know like what her daughter is learning. And I think her daughter's like 10 or 11 months and she doesn't really know what's going on with her daughter besides the major stuff, you know. And for me, that's not something that I am OK with. Like mm -hmm. I want to know when milo is crawling or the what do you, like if you ask me right now what is milo learning i can tell you exactly where what stage he is at mm -hmm. he's curious he's crawling he's standing up things like that and so i think it just depends which is nothing bad if if some things some of those things are not important to people and that's totally fine like um that's i feel like when you're able to have the career and have the ambitions and have the business and ha and mm -hmm. leave the baby at home with the nanny um I don't know if that makes sense. It, it makes just sense. it just depends on what kind of parent you want to be in. Either one is fine. Like I don't think either one is bad. It's just me as a person. Like I want to be the one to go right. through those things, you know? Right. That's one thing I thought was kind of fascinating about um Kobe Bryant and his wife is that he was saying how they never had a nanny. They just I mean, even though she didn't work, you know, but still, like most women in that position would have nannies, you know, even if she didn't work, you know? So I thought that was pretty, maybe it's a cultural thing. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I, don't know. I think it just depends. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if you told me a lot about Kobe, like him mm -hmm. driving his daughters to school or uh -huh. to practice because that's the time that he would have with yeah. them. And I don't know, for me, that's just important. And mm -hmm. um, even if I had billions of dollars, I don't know if I could have a nanny, you know? Right. Like, I think you just make it work. Like, if my mom wasn't able to watch Milo, he would be here right now, you know, like, right. because you got things to do. You got to handle life. And I feel like kids don't stop that, but it just depends on how involved you want to be in their lives or mm -hmm. how you want to handle that, you know? Right. How often do you feel lonely? Um, Multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's one of the hardest things about staying home is that I'm with an eight month old all day who doesn't like necessarily talk back talk back <laughs> yeah. he, he tries to but he it's not any like conversation right um and it's crazy i was thinking about that the other day because even though mm -hmm. i know a few other stay-at-home moms or i have maybe like 10 friends off the top of my head that have babies or just had babies within the past year like 
I still feel so alone and I'm sure they do too because I've we've talked about these things and I don't know what it is about moms not reaching out and mm -hmm. and asking to hang out or things like that and I, I mean I guess maybe one of two things I feel like my friends who don't have babies don't understand so I have a friend who comes over because she wants to let's say go to the mall mm -hmm. and then when she gets there she doesn't really help with anything like she doesn't help me prepare milo get him in the car seat get the diaper bag ready so by the time we're leaving it's two hours later and mm -hmm. i'm sure she gets frustrated because she it's not as easy as it was before you know right but my life has changed and either i feel like my friends have to adapt with it's not their job to help me but mm -hmm. if you want to leave the house faster and you want to hang out you have to understand that i'm a mom now like i have mm -hmm. a baby that i need to get ready but then on the other end, my friends who do have kids, I don't want to bother them, you know, because they have their own babies. And it's just I understand what their days are like because my days are the same. So, right. I want you to talk about the importance of having um, that tribe, because I think women specifically like men, it's important for us to have our friends also. But it's just it's to me, from what I've observed, it's just a different dynamic with the female base like having that base you know what i mean it's just a different it, it means something different um so speak about even though you do feel lonely you, you know you have your mom there with you you have a grandmother who you can go to if you need to you do have friends so uh, you know just talk about having that even though it's not perfect but talk about having that um because some women and a lot of these women i was listening to just don't have nobody yeah. can you talk about like can you imagine <laughs> being in your situation and not having anybody to talk no. to so i yeah. feel like what prevented me from having postpartum depression because i feel mm -hmm. like from what i've heard everyone gets the baby blues after yeah um so you have that for a little bit because you know it's a lot going on but i feel like what prevented me from really really being depressed was yeah. that my mom and tito's family were amazing like mm -hmm. my mom was there every day she's still there mm -hmm. <laughs> but she was there every day she would make me breakfast she would make me food she would like pick up milo when i was too tired or different things like that like she just stepped in in such a great way mm -hmm. tito's mom the first few weeks was bringing us food every day mm -hmm. like either breakfast or dinner like she was there she'd drop it off at the door because of covid like and honestly i think that is what got us through those first like three weeks that were so difficult mm -hmm. um just being able to rely on your family and even my friends who dropped by just to bring me coffee like i didn't drink coffee till i had a baby like i, I didn't mm -hmm. like coffee and now and i like chug a, it down a coke girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> coca-cola yeah. by the way not, <laughs> not the booger sugar yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I honestly think I couldn't imagine because I have some friends that are from like Ohio or from, mm -hmm. you know, um, Portland and their families are not here. And I don't know how I would have gotten through without my close friends and my family because people I'm telling you, that's like they say like it takes a village and they brought us food. They like helped like Tito's mom got there the first night that we came home and she bathed Milo. And like, I had no idea how to do that. Like mm -hmm. 
their necks, like, you know, I don't know if you've seen babies before, like, mm -hmm. their necks just don't just... hold up. Yeah, so you don't know what to do. It's probably the Kevin Hart thing. Yeah. <laughs> so babies are not yeah. as fragile as you think, but right. it's still a lot. So she, just her bathing him, <laughs> teaching us how to do that, like, teaching us how to take care of his belly button, like, things like that. Like, mm -hmm. I just don't know how I would have, like, figured any of that out or just survived because mm -hmm. even when I was so tired, like, it took me... I, like, you know this. It took me three weeks to ask my mom for help. Yeah. Okay. So even though she was there, she would come and ask me what I wanted to eat. And I'd be like, I'm okay. And then a little bit later, like, she would make me food anyways. But it took me three weeks to be like, Mom, can you take Milo? I need to sleep. I am tired. Like, yeah. it took me three weeks to do that. That's probably why I was so emotional those first three weeks. But yeah. um, I just, I think you need that group of friends and family and whoever it is, like, to come and help. And I, like... When I before I had Milo and while I was pregnant, like I told Tito that I didn't want anyone coming over. I was like, I do not want your family over here for at least two weeks. I don't want my mom to come stay over here for two weeks because I think we need a bond as a family, as a baby. Uh uh. That first night that I got home <laughs> with the baby, I was like, who is coming to stay over here? Who's bringing me food? Who's helping me? That went out the window quick. Yeah, and that's what I tell a lot of my friends right now that are expecting because, you know, they've asked me, like, I don't want anyone over here. And I'm like, girl, you say that now, but just wait. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, you might be different, but just wait because as soon as that baby's here and you don't know what to do and they're crying and they don't, you don't know how to, you know, soothe them, you want someone to come help you, you know? Right. Like, experienced you know, family members that know what they're doing. I think that's a good um, piece of advice for um, expecting moms is to accept the help, accept the help. So, and what, what a lot of people, let me backtrack, a lot of women uh, and men feel like a child will cause issues in the relationship. In what ways do you think, <laughs> you're making me laugh. Anyway, in what ways do you think that uh, you guys having a baby has caused, not that it has to be anything like, you know, oh, but just a little friction or arguments or what are those like? So I think not all guys are like this, mm -hmm. but a lot of men um, have a hard time, I feel like, transitioning. And not hard as in, like, they're refusing or they don't want to, but I just feel We like, are very self-centered. Yeah, and women mm -hmm. are preparing for freaking 10 months, right? Your body's changing. Your hormones are everywhere. You're preparing to be a mom for 10 months. Guys are just watching you go through this process, and mm -hmm. then a baby is handed to them, and they're like, oh, shit. Like, uh. what do I do? <laughs> you know? And so I feel yeah. like that is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and... Like I said, Tito is a very heavy sleeper, so he mm -hmm. would not wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> and so I am super petty, but also not. I feel like this is okay. <laughs> I, I And because I was breastfeeding, Tito couldn't really help much. Mm -hmm. So I would wake him up just to turn on the fan, <laughs> which is terrible. But Just need to be up doing something. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you need to help somehow. And I was, you have night sweats, like, after mm -hmm. after you have the baby. So I would be, like, sweating, feeding Milo, and I would wake him up just to, like... And Tito would tell me, like, I'm sorry, we've... Like, because we were fighting about that at the beginning, how much mm -hmm. he slept, and... He was like, I'm a deep sleeper. I'm a heavy sleeper. I can't do anything about that. If you need my help, wake me up. I don't care to be woken up. So yeah. then I had to learn, like, okay, can you go make his bottle? Can you go 
like change his diaper mm -hmm. and so i feel like so you learn how to um articulate those thoughts instead yes. of instead of expecting him to already know yeah so yeah. that <laughs> is a thing that i think that's something that i think is very important is um i was just expecting tito to read my mind because he's a dad now mm -hmm. but it's not the same like Tito's not any less of a parent because he's a dad and not a mom, but mom's just bonded with the baby for nine months, you know? It's, like, you have yeah. a different instinct sometimes and different roles in mm -hmm. the family. And so um, I had to learn how to communicate what I needed and what I wanted. And so, like I said, he gets home, I hand him the baby, or I tell him, like, when you get home, go shower, go do what you need to do, but then you need to come back and help me get him ready for bed or whatever it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, we were actually in marriage counseling for maybe like a month we we're, we're still in it we just haven't made another session because mm -hmm. i'm just like chilling you know yeah. but <laughs> um we had to do that because your marriage or your relationship gets put in the back you know because mm -hmm. you're just so exhausted taking care of this baby and number one priority is your baby you know like which is not right like mm -hmm. i think you need to take care of your relationship or your marriage first because that's the top of everything you know your your home will not be like stable if you right. don't take care of that first so we had to we started establishing date nights every week and mm -hmm. going to counseling to talk to someone to help us communicate because tito's just a guy i don't know how right. <laughs> to say like you just <laughs> now this is another another worry you don't you don't have to get too into it if you don't want to but and, you know, I always do polls on Instagram and stuff. So one of the polls, and this is a big thing, like people also equate having a baby with having less sex. So <laughs> can you speak on that? How, how does how has the baby interrupted your sex life? <laughs> so me being as open as I am, yeah. um, it took about six months for me to even want to think about that again. That you even wanted to. Yes. And so, Why? and because I feel like, number one, I was so scared, mm -hmm. you know, because a baby just came out from down there. Like, mm -hmm. I was so scared of it hurting or what it would be like. Like, I was just terrified. Mm -hmm. On top of that, your body has changed. So you feel, you look different, you feel different. And then the communication and the aspect of the little fights and the mom rage and mm -hmm. like, us not being able to communicate, Tito not helping as much as I think he should be helping, but me not communicating, like all of that just contributed to it. So I didn't feel like being intimate because I was just so angry. Like besides being scared, I was so angry because I just had this baby and you're not helping me and you're not doing what I think you should be doing. But then Tito's busting his ass every day for me to stay home, you know, Right. which the lady in therapy said, don't downplay that I'm staying home because I'm still working you know, it's just different. And so um, I will say that it takes a lot of patience. <laughs> and my mom, this is like weird that my mom was telling me this, but mm -hmm. um, my mom was like, oh, come on, poor Tito. And I'm like, poor Tito. Like, you know what I just went through? <laughs> but I I worked <laughs> terrible. I was just like, okay, mom, like we're not having this conversation. <laughs> so <laughs> I think like, it's just scary, and I think mm -hmm. it's normal for it to be scary. And also, you probably feel, since you're breastfeeding, kind of feel like, I don't want you. Yeah, you know I mean? and that's what I've seen a lot of posts on, like, by the end of the day, you're all touched out because your baby's on you the whole day. Yeah. Whether they're breastfeeding or you're carrying them or whatever it is, like, 
your baby's on you all day, so you don't want to be touched by the end of the night. You're like, just leave me alone. Somebody give me my space. But I will say that us working on communication and having date nights every single week really helped. And that's what kind of started that back up again. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily that you have less sex because it's up to you. You may have to schedule it because now you have a child or, you know, like it just depends. But um, I think it's just mom. There's this mom rage thing. You get so mad for no reason or for little things like you blow up, blow up like ridiculous blow up. Like if you didn't have anger problems before, you have anger problems now. I was about to say more than you already would have. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So I was already spicy before and now I'm like crazy. And so Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just working on that and guys just have to be patient like it's it's scary like you don't know what your girl just went through but at the same time like if you i saw that i saw another post that the way that you get her in the mood now is you change a diaper you bathe the baby <laughs> you Ooh, wash the bottles sexy. yeah that's how you by helping out and being a parent co-parenting you know that's how yeah. your girl gets in the mood it's not like flowers anymore you know right. or <laughs> you see me watching these dishes girl yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, so if you had one piece of advice for a first time mom, what would it be? Um, that is hard. Mm. You don't have to sum it up to one just piece, you know, just some advice. Okay. Number one, I would say that we do a lot of research as women on birth, on labor. Mm-hmm. Like you, you do a lot of research on that. You research like what your body is going through while you're pregnant, but you never take the time to research that fourth trimester, which Mm -hmm. is what they call it. And that is you after baby. And I think that that's very important to prepare for that. Like the, all the cute clothes doesn't matter. All the specific organic brand of diapers doesn't (laughs) matter. The wipes, like it's important for you to feel prepared as a parent, but it's not as important as taking care of yourself after. And I think that that is something that I fell at doing. Um, I heard about the fourth trimester after I gave birth, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, so if you're pregnant right now, I feel like that's something that is should be number one, is as you're going through each trimester, um, you should eventually get to a point where you start looking up like how you're going to take care of yourself, what plan you're going to put in place for yourself, because you are going to be a completely different person and all your emotions all your feelings all your feelings about your significant other are completely going to change and i feel like we don't get told enough we don't get told enough what to expect and how to handle that so that would be number one and then number two is just like i don't know just take it all in day by day like like i said the outfit changes don't matter as much as like your baby Feeding, eating, and, like, eating, sleeping, and being changed. Like, that's literally how your child feels loved at that point, and you don't get those moments back. Like, it's cliche, but my son is eight months old now, and when it, it went quick, huh? Yeah, and it went so quick. Like, yeah. I just remember bringing him home from the hospital, and now this boy's trying to walk, like, <laughs> you know? And so right. it's just taking it in day by day and doing whatever's best for you and your family. They're Moms, mother-in-laws, people tell you so much crap of how they did it, how it's supposed to be done. And it's like, you do what's best for your family because, you know, it's your family. That's, you are stuck with each other. It's not your mother or your mother-in-law, you know. So you just do what's best for your family. Right. 
Well, <laughs> I think you gave uh, a master class <laughs> on being a first-time mom and, and what to expect and even some of your darker moments. Um, so I hope all the first-time moms out there got something out of this. Um, even moms that's, you know, multiple kids in. Maybe you heard something that'll help you uh, when we talked about learning how to, you know, have that self-identity and, you know, still chase after your goals. Maybe she says something, you know, that will help you in that aspect. Um, so thank you, Leslie, for coming on, being transparent as always. <laughs> thank and, you for uh, having me. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully my girlfriend's listening. She'll know what to expect. Um, and, I, and I'll know what to expect. <laughs> Six months, you said, huh? No. <laughs> Just make sure you help. You wake up in the middle of the night. You wash the bottles. You help her out. Yeah, You'll be you, good. <laughs> hey, you said that turns, <laughs> turns moms on. So here I am. Best dishwasher in the world. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So thank you, guys. Um, and I'll see you next week. Peace. You did good. <laughs>